All right, uh, this is episode four of Invisible Visible. As always, this podcast is brought to you by the new Community Project and Academy Monthly. So uh, thank you for your attention. Uh, today's podcast is really in response to the f- last one, episode three, which was a heavily listened podcast. I think right now we're at 210 listens to podcast number three, which is uh, incredible. To put in perspective, our Trump episode of last year, episode one, has 252 listens, but that took two years to get there. So, um, so that was an incredible response. So I am interested in why that podcast got so much attention um, and trying to get us to, to articulate why us at Germantown Academy as a community was so drawn to that particular conversation. So that's the question. Why, why do you think, why do you think um, that that podcast, when we talked about defamation, we talked about um, uh, the mock election, why was that such a hot topic here at Germantown Academy? And they're thinking, so I'm going to talk while they listen. Think there's a lot of uh, pensive faces right now, and then we default to Abby. No. <laughs> no. Okay. Um. So I think it was very um, high in the listening category. I don't know what you call it. Um. <laughs> Because I feel like we haven't really had many conversations regarding class and race here at the Academy thus far. And so I think defamation was um, the first time as a school we gathered to talk about those topics. So I think it was what... Do you not, do you not count the, the... Do you have breakout sessions for, that, for defamation? Mm-mm. We didn't have one? No. I thought we did. Did we? Yeah. No. There wasn't any. That's because it was super long and it messed up the schedule. Okay. Yeah, so the saying, schedule. So you're saying it's only it's are you saying it's broader I see the coast there. Are you saying that um it's because we didn't have a breakout session for defamation in the mock trial or we as a school have not talked about race and class and all that stuff in a structured way. Like which one is it? Oh, the second one. I don't think we talk about it as a school. Like, where it's mandatory that you have to talk about it. Like, there's, like, optional things. They can go to ethics or you can come to, like, the diversity club meetings or, like, BSA or Women's Forum. But we've never really had, like, a structured everyone in the high school. You're going to sit and you're going to have to talk, think about these topics. Mm -hmm. So I have a question about that, but I'm going to go ahead and see I don't really have that much to add on to Abby. It's just that I think the, the key was that this was like a time when we were discussing really important issues, but there was like two different opinions. I think the problem that we have is that people, like if we have a conversation or discussion, everybody has the same point of views or, or, or somebody's like afraid to voice what they have to actually say about it. And you, like you end up having a room full of people who like are, are sitting there talking, but they're all agreeing. Like, like I'll say something and you'll be like, yeah, I agree. And I'm like, cool. This was nice. Let's move on. Let's, like, as the period's over. But I think that, like, there needs to be, like, a disagreement. When somebody's, when somebody's willing to, like, voice their opinion, it's different. That's when, like, an actual conversation can happen. And that's when actual, like, learning and, like, exchange of ideas can happen. I think that was the key to this. Like, people voiced their opinions that were different. And that was, like, key. Great. Can I ask a, uh, 
I want to ask a, uh, ask a uh, follow-up question to all of you. Abby just said this, that we, we don't have, um, as a school, structured conversations around um, race, class, gender, any of the kind of big ticket items. Do you agree with that? Do you agree that we don't have those structured conversations? And if you agree with that, why do you think so? Why do you think we, we don't have that culture here? That's kind of a big question, but I'm interested in what you think about that. First of all, the first question, do you think it's true that we do not have structured conversations about race, class, gender, religion, all those things? Um, no, I don't think we have those discussions. And I think, um, I'm not gonna, I don't wanna blame like, you know, the teachers or then the principal, but I don't think the teachers are taught or or they're not, you know, not being like taught or practiced how to have those discussions because I think they they probably would like to, but they don't want to say anything to like make someone feel the wrong way or like make them feel like they're you know they're saying like something that's that's inappropriate or or something like that. So I think if like teachers were taught and practiced you know the way to have those discussions and go about those could go about them in a you know proper manner, then I think that we would we would start having those discussions because you know they're hard, right? You know they're awkward. You know some people may feel really strong about something that other people may feel you know, have be the the whole other way about it. So I think if we like have you know our teachers and you know the the guy you know, the guidance counselors and whoever who you know the higher ups, if they are taught the way to have these discussions, I think that that would be beneficial and that we can start having those discussions as a school. What kind of aggravates me is that there's some people in this school who really don't regard racism and just try to like say like there's no racism in this world like the like the none, there's no like prejudices against people and that really kind of aggravates me because this a lot of people are believing like that we should just like not talk about this and just ignore this issue and just just be like innocent in a sense but I feel like in order to fully mature and like just adapt to like to like step out of GAs like circle whatever we have to basically talk about these uncomfortable subjects about racism and just talk about you know the diversity and like the world problems and sociology and all that but we just need to like expose G i feel like as a community we need to expose more students to the to like what's outside the ga community rather than just teach them like everything that's within ga the ga community i also want to i got you i also want to um add i think um I try not to say too much on this thing, but this is a topic that I think is worthy of commenting on. I think, and I think the last podcast that was is clear that this kind of work is messy, right? And so, um, and I think uh, there are some people from here from last podcast who felt like it's messy, and so therefore, I think a lot of people are scared of that messiness. They're scared that it won't come out right or or be misunderstood. And I think that's great. I think that's why I was sending emails to you saying it's so great that you were okay with it being messy. And it has it has some drawbacks to its messiness, right? Because outside people will look at it and be like, what's going on there? But really this work is incredibly messy. So I think adults and students are really scared about what happens in that mess. And um, I think... What was cool about last week, even though it's like people who are not in this room are not going to understand and they may, may, I don't know, whatever the feedback may be, how incredible it was for people to, it, that it was documented how messy this work is. And that's great. And that's why I loved th that conversation last week. Um, 
<clears throat> back to your question on whether we talk about race, like I guess as a like whole school community, we don't talk about it as much as we should, but I think there are areas like in smaller groups where as a school we do talk about it, like we're talking about it here right now, like I think we talk about it in Newcom, and I was just talking about it in my English class last period, so like we might not talk about it as like a whole school, but I think certain teachers like try to get students to have those uncomfortable conversations and engage in conversations about race, so I don't think it's fair to say that we like completely ignore it as a school. Can I ask a follow-up question? Um, what is my question? Um, I think you're right. I think, and I think, uh, in the classroom, in certain classrooms, it's we have those discussions. Um, and I, 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 I'm not. I don't know what to believe about this, but. So I'm going to ask a question, but I don't really have an answer. Is it, should we maintain a structure in which in small classrooms at a newcom experience or an English experience or whatever, these kind of small conversations, to have them only in small classrooms? Or is it a benefit to have whole school moments? Is there a benefit to either, you know, do you know what I'm asking? Like, um, is there a benefit of having more broader school discussions or is it only meaningful or more meaningful to have them in a teacher by teacher basis? That's your hand. Um, I think the small groups would be beneficial as long as they're mandatory because I feel like if they're completely optional, then the people who would rather just like ignore this whole situation completely can, and it's like very easy for them to do so. So they don't have to think about this ever, or at least not at GA. So like I think um, small groups could be beneficial because like um, you know more people get their voices heard. Um, but if they're optional, like the way they are now, it's it's really not going to do anything because only the people who already think a certain way are actually going to attend. So. Oh. I was just literally going to say exactly what Anushka said. So. <laughs> um, I, I talked to Mr. Asaluk about this um, a few weeks back. I don't think it should be a mandatory thing. I think that if we do have an all-school moment where we do somehow find a way to convey those topics. It then filters through into, like, uh, classroom discussions. I know after the play, we all had, like, every teacher, every classroom had, like, talks about it probably, like, just, you know, to, I don't know, like, I don't know, draw it together. Jess is saying that she didn't. Yeah, she, you didn't? I didn't. I put, like, did it, but, like, we all, like, talked about it, didn't we? Like, afterwards, like, like just as a school? No but if you, <laughs> sorry, I tried, I tried, I tried, I tried, I tried. I tried. But if you, but if we make it a mandatory thing, like the, there's a drawback to having just the same group of people come into the same room every time. If you don't have it mandatory, like you can't force a conversation of race in class. It's not something you can force. That's happen naturally and kind of flow. If you force it, it becomes, I don't know. You kind of kill the the spirit of. I don't know, d voicing opinions. Yeah. I don't think the play forced people to talk about it. I think they, it forced people to think about it. 
and then afterwards or even during it that you had the option to go and ask questions. And so those were people, they weren't forced into that situation to talk about it. And afterwards, I think with my friends, we talked about it and classes that was also optional. Like right now, this is optional. You don't have to speak. Um, but I don't think people are forced to talk about it. I think they're forced to think about it. Did you put any place? Um, <laughs> I agree with Ale about, like, I don't think it would be good if it was, like, mandatory and everyone came and, like, spoke their mind, but I think, like, if you force people to go to something, either they're not going to, like, they'll sit there and listen, but they're not going to participate, and if they do, like, they won't be honest because they're not going to be, like, willing to, like, they didn't want to come and say, so they're not going to, like, be truthful. I I also think, though, like, it's an... Like, it's something that's present in the world. Like, it's inevitable that you're going to have, like, some kind of encounter with race, like, in whatever form it may be. So it's, like, like no one wants to go learn calculus, but you have to be forced to learn that. Like, you're, like, any kind of, like, there's some learning that ha still has to be forced. So I think it's, like, something that you need to learn. Like, it needs to be forced sometimes. Um, sorry. Yeah, I agree with that. And so I guess I kind of liked what Sharma said about how, like, the assembly forced people to think about it. And then, so I just, I think that's what I agree with. I think in my mind, maybe, I guess the beauty of the assembly was with the 80% and 20% statistic. Um, because I think that was really what got me thinking about the issue, perhaps the most out of the entire thing. Because you can you can kind of decide that your side is right, and you know the other people just viewed the issue the wrong way. But if you have like an eighty percent of schools did this, and you were in the twenty percent, that kind of forces you to rethink your own position. Ever after you know hearing that you're not in the majority, so I think that was really kind of the main effect of that assembly. In that discourse. Have you? Oh yeah. Um, so this was in response to the so two things, but in response to the mandatory or optional thing, um, I don't really care if you don't speak in the mandatory thing. But like, I think people are just really there's a lot of not like a ton of people, but there's a lot of people that are really really ignorant and just never ever spend the time to think about this type of stuff. Um, which is fine, like you can get caught up in all the little things that don't really matter. But um, I think a mandatory thing forces people to at least stop for 45 minutes and think about um, things that are actually important. So that was my mandatory thing. And then my other thing was um, we were talking about how like it was like messy in the beginning. Um, that's like, and so this is. I think it's very easy to regress into like a ha-ha, like let's not take it that seriously type of way, which is kind of how a lot of people, not the majority, but like um, a significant portion of the people responded to the play. Like people would stand up to voice their opinions on the thing and some people got a lot of claps and a lot of laughs and it's like, well, why are these people getting claps? Like what they said didn't really pertain to anything, but anytime someone said something serious or like noteworthy, it was kind of just like silent. So I think like the school also didn't really want to fully take it seriously because it is too messy and uncomfortable. I think, I got you to coast. I think, um, 
I think because this work is challenging, often people default into humor to try to assuage the situation. So what I read that as the clapping and the kind of joking thing was not that I found that they students found it funny, but I do think that people were uncomfortable and therefore their discomfort meant I need to laugh. And so that triggered to me not that that triggered to me that we are have not built a culture. I think that's the word I want to use, not mandatory. A mandatory implies handcuffed to the table. I wonder if we can do a better job of building a culture around discomfort. Um, and I think when you build a culture around discomfort, you don't need to make anything mandatory because then people want to lean to the discomfort. It, it's so fascinating to me that you all want to come and get your voices recorded every two weeks. That's crazy. That tells me that that Abby and Nichelle before you and Caroline Sloan have built a culture where you don't feel like you feel comfortable engaging in tough conversations. So that moment, that laughter spoke to me as I wonder if ways, what, what can we do as a school to do what we're doing here for more people? Oh, I'm sorry. In response to Abby's first thing about mandatory versus like, optional coming in. I think I, I just want to echo what you were saying about like, just being in the room, even if you don't speak about it, I think, well, like, one, like, if you have an opinion and you're in the room, you're, like, you're going to be somehow or another, like, you're going to be enticed to voice anything at all, because you're not just going to sit in the room with people who disagree with you and just be silent the whole time. I think that has an effect, but I think also, like, just absorbing what, whatever is going on is important, because there are people, like, I was surprised that even in this school that I don't think that racism is a thing that happens, and they, they like, think racism is, like, an over-exaggerated, like, whiny thing that the people just want to do because like why not complain about and have why not find a fault for like my own things I can't do right like let's blame racism for that I think I think that people like that who are just like in the room where people like discuss these ideas will like, absorb something at all anything at all and then that in itself even it's like it's gonna help the situation get better just listening and knowing that like okay racism exists first of all I was gonna say like with the mandatory or not mandatory I think it shouldn't be mandatory necessarily to talk about it. I mean, you're going to either disagree or agree, and that's fine. But I think the where the, dis the, the discomfort and the awkwardness comes is when people show out their emotions in it, right? Because, you, know, you know, if I talk about racism, a lot more people are thinking, oh, I'm just a, a black guy thinking, you know, all white people are racist, which is not true. You know what I'm saying? But if you leave emotions out of it and just educate people on what is right and wrong, because, like, this is an example, like two days ago in history class, one of my classmates, it was a Trump ad on YouTube, and it was like, it said, black lives don't matter, all lives matter. And my classmate goes, he's exactly right, like, what is black lives matter? As a joke, he said that, and I, I replied, I was like, what do you mean? And then he said, he was like, oh, nothing, I'm just saying, like, all black people think all policemen are terrible. And I said, I said, well, wait a minute, that's not true. We, that's not what we're saying. Black Lives Matter is to create awareness and to let people know what's going on in, in the society. And he was like, he's like, well, all I'm saying is, you know, all white people think all white people are racist. I'm like, that's just, I mean, I didn't say this, but this, that's just an ignorant statement. I think, you know, he's going to he's gonna think what he wants to think. And obviously he tried to apologize after that, but I didn't even accept it because as soon as he left that door, I mean, as soon as he left the room, he's going to think the exact same way he did. So I think, 
if we can take the emotions out of it for the people that don't want to discuss it like that and just educate them on, you know, what racism means and what, you know, what the facts are. Because the fact is I'm more likely to get stopped than a, than a white man. That's just a, that's a fact. I'm not trying to, like, you know, be like, oh, white people are terrible. I'm not trying to be emotional about it. It's just it's just the facts. So I think if we educate people on the facts of what, you know, racism is, reverse racism, you know, the history of or history, the history around it, I think that will be more beneficial. I think that part should be mandatory, but the emotional agreement and disagreements should not be, because that's where it gets to, that, that's where it gets uncomfortable and people start, you know, get, you know, getting a little feeling some type of exactly you get lost in it. That's what that's all I think. I agree with both Evans and Kosa's uh, responses, and I feel like we should just definitely have it have mandatory mandatory meetings about racism. And it will be awkward at first for a lot of people who don't understand it, but eventually they will start they will start to like overcome their awkwardness and then start getting more engaged and then like the entire school will eventually become engaged with these conversations. So it will start out first awkward and just strange for a lot of people, but then over time people will start to get more a little bit more comfortable with it. But like I just, I think I've told this story a couple of times, so I'm gonna say it again because I'm going to conference again this weekend. I'm excited anyway. So I went to a conference, a diversity conference last year, and I went in thinking, hey, we're gonna discuss like diversity, race, class. This is gonna be interesting, right? But I was put in a group where the majority of people were either they're either gay, uh, lesbian, they're bisexual, or gender binary, or whatever. And I was the only person that was there that was a straight. A straight female who had no issues with my sexuality ever mentioned in my whole life, and at first I felt comp I felt like so awkward. I was like, so how am I gonna discuss this when I'm so privileged? Like my parents are never gonna be like gonna give me trouble for it. Like no, society's never gonna treat me poorly because the way because who I think I want to be with in life, right? So I I, would, I didn't say anything at first because I just didn't think I had the right to even speaking speak up about this conversation. But like. I think I learned a lot in that conversation, and I realized on my, 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 my way back, I go, wait a minute. So if I'm leading BSA and I'm going every week, hey, guys, come to BSA, it's not going to be awkward or anything, right? Mm -hmm. I, now I understand, like, when I'm saying it, I get how that must feel of people, like, Absolutely. like to come in a room full of all black people and then talk about racism. I, I get how that awkwardness is. I think, I think experiencing that situation that discomfort allows me to know that like these conversations are really important because if I hadn't if I hadn't gone to that conversation at all I'd still be like I still wouldn't have progressed any further than I was before I've learned from that experience a lot so yeah uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay so oh I'm sorry Anush can I say one thing <laughs> No, you should go. But I, 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 let me just say one thing. I wonder what can we learn from that experience to make everyone feel comfortable? Because you know what you just said? The discomfort is what pushed you into a level of comfort. It, it took discomfort. So I wonder if the, the answer is not just make everyone comfortable. I don't think that's how, how you did. But there was something that happened as a result of your discomfort. So I wonder what can we build, what can we create that allows for that discomfort but then have that transcendent moment you had. I, I don't know. That's a hard question. I don't know. Um, I think a lot of people think that, like, talks about racism are about, like, pointing fingers. And I think the moment, you know, like, there's this whole thing about, like, white guilt or whatever. So I, I don't think people in this school necessarily want to attend something like you know, diversity task force and start to begin or start to feel like white guilt. Um, so I think the moment we can sort of take um, or stop 
or make it very like known that we're not trying to point fingers at anyone, I think that's when we can get like a wider or yeah, a wider range of people to attend. Like a high yeah. Yeah. We Yes, please go ahead. Um just going off of Cosio's point, I think like a huge thing is you need discomfort in order to grow. Like no matter what you think of, like whether it's like training for like a running event, like you need discomfort in order to grow. And like I think it's the same in every situation. Like like in order to grow as people, we need discomfort. And like until we like accept that there's going to be discomfortable or like uncomfortable conversations, like nothing's really ever gonna get done. Right. And that's a Good place to segue into our design day, which is coming up very soon, uh, which deal, which which deals with some of these things. I'm serious, some of these things. Um, it's coming up. So thank you so much. Um, I think last thing I want to say as we wind down. I've talked way too much on this one, but this is a good topic, and you guys are so smart. So. Um, Hi, no, it's not. Um, it's not. Still recording. Uh, I love that metaphor, of sports. Right? There is discomfort that happens. But you know what? It works because you know it's going to hurt. So I and but and you accept it. But you know when you start, it's going. You're not. There's no like. There's no like. You start practice and go like. Wait, this hurts. Why? Why is this hurting me? And you know. If you accept that it does hurt, then you can't. But how do you build culture where people are okay with accepting that? I don't. That's the part that I don't can solve for. Hey, thank you guys so much. You are a 